Hey friend, I'm Michael McCurry and welcome to Bible Tract Echoes. You know, it really is incredible how appropriate and how timely Dr. Paul Levine's messages from 30, 40, and 50 plus years ago, how they still ring true today. Today, we have the opportunity to hear from Dr. Paul Levine from many decades ago. He's going to preach a message, actually the third installment of this message. If you missed out on the previous broadcasts, please go back on YouTube, on your favorite podcast platform, on the VCY app. There's so many different places that you can catch the previous installments. You don't want to miss what God has for us today. Let me give you some advice, some advice that Dr. Paul is going to give in just a moment. Don't go halfway with God. Now, listen in as Dr. Paul speaks to us. Go home, young people, and utterly destroy. Hey, Saul, go down there and utterly destroy your enemies. Well, I'll do part of it. <laughs> I'll go home and I'll, I'll, I'll smash part of the records, but I won't smash them all. I'll get rid of some of the drugs, but I won't get rid of it all. I'll go home and get rid of the dirty literature, but I won't get rid of it all. I'll go part way with God. I won't go all the way with God. I just won't go all the way. And if you don't go all the way, if you don't go all the way, and there's a, a reservation in your so-called dedication, that reservation will cancel out the dedication. Okay, that was his sin. Is that your sin tonight? Are you sitting there and saying, I won't do what those other young people did? I'm not going down there. I'm not going to give up anything. You think I'm going home and smash my rock records? Well, look how much money I paid for them. I know of a kid that smashed 450 of them. Thank God for that. Boy, he's got what it takes. What if you have? You got what it takes to go home and smash those rock records? I hope you have. If you haven't, just write yourself off. You're never going to mount anything. You're never going to make it, boy. You'll never be sitting on a platform like this. God will never use you like he's using these men on this platform. No, not as long as you say, I'll go part way with God. I'll give up the drugs, but I won't give up the cigarettes. Or I'll give up something, but I won't give up everything. And I'm not going all the way with God. Well, that was Saul's sin. That was his sin. Now, how did he try to cover it? By the way, the preacher came to Saul afterwards, and he says to obey is better than to sacrifice. In other words, that means this. You see, he didn't obey God all the way. He saved some animals that he said he's going to use for sacrifice. God says to obey is better than that sacrifice. If you disobey God and come into church and give $10,000 in the offering for Ron Riley, while you're living in disobedience to God, God's not so much interested in your $10,000. He's more interested in your obedience. See? To obey is better than the sacrifice. Okay. And uh, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Now, witchcraft, young people, was punishable by death. Witchcraft is no, no little thing in the Bible. It mixed around with the occult and with the devil's crowd. That was punishable by death. And now God says that a heart of rebellion against God is as serious in God's sight as a sin of witchcraft. Okay, now how did he try to cover his sin? First he tried it by bluffing. He met the preacher after he'd gone down there and failed to obey God all the way and just obeyed God part way. He came back and meets the preacher, Samuel. And he says to him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. Boy, doesn't that sound good? 
Sounds like he just come from a camp meeting. Sounds like he just been to the Bill Rice ranch. Sounds like he's filled with the Spirit. Sounds like everything's fine. Boy, yes, sir, everything's fine. Hello there, preacher. Blessed be thou of the Lord. He's using good language, but I'll tell you, he doesn't mean it. He doesn't mean it. He's like the young person that gets up under some kind of pressure and gives a testimony at the Christian school or in their church and secretly live in sin and rebellion against God. This guy didn't mean it. He was just bluffing. Like a kid one time that I know. He was 16 years old, and Dr. John R. Rice, this happened in Peoria, Illinois. Dr. John R. Rice having meetings there, and he walked up to this 16-year-old boy, and he said to this boy, are you saved, and are you living for the Lord? And that surprised the kid. He didn't know anybody was going to ask him that. It kind of shook him up for just a minute. And man, he was a cool customer. He, he knew some of the language. He come right through with it, boy. You know what he said? He said to Dr. Rice, yes, praise the Lord. I heard him say that. I said to myself, you phony, that praise the Lord, that may fool Dr. Rice because he doesn't know you, but I know you. His parents, he, he loved the drums. His parents bought him a set of drums on the promise that he would never play those drums in any combo, in any kind of dance orchestra at all. And at the very time that he said to Dr. John R. Rice, yes, I'm living, I'm saying living for the Lord, praise the Lord, that praise the Lord, that was to impress Dr. Rice. At the very time that he said that, trying to impress Dr. Rice with his phony words, at that very time, he was living in disobedience and dishonor to his mother and dad and lying to his mother and dad and playing in a combo. Now, that kind of business doesn't go down so good with God. He understands, he understands that kind of hypocrisy and that kind of rebellion. See? You know, it's easy to put on a show, and it's easy to put on an act. And it's easy to act like, you know, we're a good Christian and we read the Bible every day and we tithe and we pray and, and we're dedicated and, and we love the Lord when we really don't. But that's what he did. He bluffed. Then he did something else. He blamed. And when the preacher said, hey, how come you did this? Saul? How come you didn't obey God all the way? Well, he said, it really wasn't my fault. He said, you know, the rest of the people there wanted to save these animals. That's verse 15, if you want to look at it. They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice. So on. You see what he's doing? He's blaming the people. Now, wait a minute. He's the king, isn't he? He's the king. Now, if he's the king, he's got the last word. And suppose some of the people in the army or some of the people around there say, hey, let's save these animals over here and use them for sacrifices to the Lord. He was the king. He could have said nothing doing. We're going to do this like God said to do it. We're going to destroy all these animals, and we're going to obey God. But he didn't do that, young people. He listened to the voice of the people. And there's where you get into trouble. That's what Brother Ron Riley preached to you so effectively about, what was it, yesterday. You listen to the crowd. You listen to your peers. Now listen to me. When you listen to the rest of the kids back home, and you smoke because they smoke, and you use dope because they dope, and you cuss because they cuss. And you tell dirty stories because they tell dirty stories. And you read dirty literature because they read dirty literature. And you go out on the neck and parties because they go on the neck and parties. Listen to me. When you do what they do, you are as weak as they are. You are a yellow, livered coward without any holy spunk or any backbone whatsoever. 
You're just as little as a little gainer leads you around that way. That's what Saul did. Listen to the voice of the people. Listen to the people. So now he's going to blame the people. Now, wouldn't you like to blame the crowd back home and say, Brother Paul, I couldn't help but smoke. I couldn't help but drink. I couldn't help but use, get on the marijuana. I couldn't help but try the LSD. I couldn't help but read the dirty literature. I couldn't help but play hooky from church. I couldn't help but lay out a prayer meeting. I couldn't help but run out of Sunday school and not stay for church. You see, the rest of the kids, they're all going that way. And I had to also. Oh, no, you didn't have to. You, you, if you'd have been strong, you'd have... You'd obeyed God. If, if Saul had been strong, he would obey God and wouldn't listen to the voice of the people. But he's a weakling. He listened to somebody else. Young people, don't you suppose it'd be better to listen to God than to listen to the gang? Now just stop a minute and think. Who loves you the most? Who cares the most about you? Is God trying to get you to destroy your life with sin? No. But the gang is. They're trying to get you to destroy your life. So why listen to them? But he's going to blame the people now. And he says to the preacher, well, he says, it wasn't my fault. He said, people wanted to save these animals for sacrifice. Well, God did tell his people to offer animal sacrifices, but not these animals. No, sir. So he's going to blame the people. You know, young people, you can't blame other people if you go to the devil. And you can't blame anybody else if you go to hell. And you can't blame anybody else if you wind up in prison. And you can't wind, blame anybody else if you shatter your brain with drugs and fog up your brain with booze and get out on the highway and kill some people. You can't blame anybody else for that. You can't blame the environment. You can't blame your church and you can't even blame your parents. Well, you say, Brother Paul, if you knew what kind of parents I had, you wouldn't blame me for sinning like I do and doing what I do. You don't have to just because you got those kind of parents. You can't, you don't need to blame your environment. Look at uh, those of you who, who know Ron Comfort. Have him tell you sometime what kind of a home life he had and what kind of a home he came from. And he had brains enough as a young man and sense enough as a young boy to look at and, and look at the rottenness and the sin and the corruption in his own home. And he says, I'm going to be different than that. And then sometime have Evangelist Pete Rice tell you about his wife, Annette. I don't know all the details, but I heard him tell a little bit about it one time as he was preaching here. She didn't come from a home where mom and dad were saved and dad had a family older. And mom and dad said, now, Annette, we want you to get saved while you're young. And then we want you to dedicate your life. And when you get through with high school, we want you to go to a Christian college. No, sir. When she finally got saved and said she was going to go to a Christian college, they were against it. But here's a little girl, probably only weighing more than 90 pounds. Got more grit than some of you cowards that weigh 200. Lord have mercy on you big overgrown sissies who haven't got any backbone at all. Here's a little 90-pound little girl, and she had a backbone like a railroad tie. And she said, I'm going to make something of myself, and I'm going to go to a Christian school, and I'm going to fight the battle, and I'm not going to blame anybody else if I go to the devil because I'm not going to go to the devil. Man alive. She went to college and met Pete Rice and is a tremendous help to him in his ministry. No, you don't have to blame other people. You don't have to blame them at all. That's what he's doing. He did something else, trying to cover up his sin by bluffing and blaming, and then he tried to cover up his sin by lying. What an amazing time that we get to listen to Dr. Paul Levine. I hope you tuned your ears to what God has for us. 
Please, friend, don't go halfway with God. And moreover, don't try to cover up your sin. It never goes well. Now, let's make a commitment together. I'll be here tomorrow introducing the fourth segment of this powerful message. I'm going to ask you, would you commit to being here as well? No matter where you're listening, what radio station, what platform you are on, I want to see you, to hear you once again today. Thank you so much for being a part of the Bible Tract Echoes radio family. I greatly appreciate your listenership. To all of our faithful listeners nationwide and around the world, I greatly, greatly appreciate you. Now, my prayer as always is that you have a great day for His glory. Join us tomorrow right here on Bible Tract Echoes. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 a faster way to contact us is to go to our website at bibletracksinc.org. That's bibletracksinc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.